Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Good. You're listening to PHLY Flyers presented by Mortgage CS. Check out mortgagecs.com slash PHLY to start your home buying process today. Company NMLS ID number 1464766. That's four in a row for our Flyers as they extend the winning streak. And I once again have to don the mask <laughs> for the beginning of post game. Uh, the tradition continues. So we actually wrote Bill inside the mask now, so everyone yeah. knows it is Bill Matz's mask. Hopefully they're washing this mask. Uh, I know it was a big controversy with the Flyers mask because everyone kept getting sick after winning it. But no, it's uh, it, it's going well right now. I am Bill Matz, your director of Fun and Games. Joining me, as always, for post game, it is J.P. Zapata. How are we feeling, guys? Charlie O'Connor will be by in just a few minutes. The Flyers win 5-3. Like we said, that's four in a row out of the out of the All-Star break now, excuse me, and things are uh, this was not a good game for the Flyers. Like they did uh despite only allowing what was it, 20 shots on goal, uh somehow like didn't look good defensively for a lot of this game. Uh, yeah, ended up with 23 shots on goal. Arizona ended up uh, recording, which is uh, still a pretty good total for the Flyers. Like, I-, I don't know how you only allow 23 shots and look right. bad defensively, but there were just some major breakdowns, some real sloppiness in the defensive end that made this game a lot closer than it needed to be, especially through the first two periods. Uh, is that what you saw, JP? So, like, the thing is, is that we all have to remember, Coyote, the Coyotes are coming off of a five-game losing streak. So when you're coming off a losing streak, you're expecting some sort of urgency from this team. And I thought that's kind of what we saw from Arizona. I thought overall the Flyers played hard, but there were a couple instances, like you mentioned, where Arizona got the best of them. And that's where you saw some of the goals happen. But it's a team in Arizona that doesn't put up a lot of shots. Uh, For the Flyers, they didn't play their best, but Bill... They found a way to get the win, and that's they did. what you asked for. They did, and this time of year, like that's 
If you're really making a playoff push, we've seen them lose to inferior teams this season. We all remember the Sharks game in which I lost my shit. Uh, but uh, we have seen that their level of play can vary depending on the opponent. And that's why they have so many quality wins this year. But you look at it and go, all right, they're not like the standings are still tight. It's not like they're killing everyone. Right. Uh, it's, it's still, it's been close. Why? Because sometimes their play dips against inferior teams tonight. That absolutely happened, but they're able to make up for it anyway. Uh, led by, we got to start it with Morgan Frost. Dude. Um, he was, I heard at the end of the uh, broadcast, Boosh say, listen, other guys had more points. I think Travis Konechny had a three-point night. Scott Lawton had a goal and an assist. But Morgan Frost, uh, with the penalty shot goal and just his overall play, he was the best flyer on the ice yeah. tonight in my mind. Yeah, and he played he played so well that Torts actually bumped him up in the power play unit. He yeah. got bumped up to the first unit. We'll talk about the power plays, I'm sure, but definitely Imagine. that first unit looked a lot better when Frost was in there because in general, like, I don't know what it was. I don't know if Frost got his Wheaties before the game or took that nice nap that we always talk about, but he came out here with confidence and he was flying out on the ice. He looked like a confident player. And like, I know we keep talking about this conversation that happened in Torch's office, but dude, this is a man now. This isn't a boy. This isn't a prospect. This is an NHL player. And he's improving right before our eyes, Bill. Yeah, he played uh, 20 minutes tonight, 2016. A goal for I'm just shots. looking at the forwards. Farabee played 2022. Tippett, 2105. Konechny, yeah, 2158. So, yeah, it was. he's basically your your second. I mean, outside of what, what center played more than him? None. None. Uh, yeah, Couturier only played 15:44. Now a lot of this is the power play time. He did end up taking one of uh, he en did end up taking Couturier's spot on that top power play unit, and I did not see Coots back out there with the second unit. Yeah. So maybe that had something to do with it. Seven power plays. Maybe that's a little bit of the disparity there. But uh, the confidence is what is really standing out to me with uh, with Morgan Frost. I mean, the patience on that uh, penalty shot goal. You can't do that unless you're a confident player. Seriously. But just little plays he's making gets the puck in the neutral zone, high in the defensive zone tonight. Four checker right on him. He doesn't panic. He doesn't look to just dish it off like a grenade. Let me get the hell away from this thing. Skates back, skates back, loses the guy, and then makes a play up to uh, up through the neutral zone after that. Like, I'm seeing him make some defensive plays. He had a few nice back checks tonight. There was just one, I think, like, Around the eight minute, nine or eight or nine minute mark of the first period, Coyotes have the puck down low. He just comes in, lifts a stick, takes the puck, plays going the other way. Yeah. He's doing all of the little stuff as well as producing offensively right now. I never saw this. Like, I, for to, to start this season, I mean, coming off of the second half that Morgan Frost had mm -hmm. and the way the coaching staff, namely John Tortorella, was talking about him, like, oh, you know, he did some good things. We'll see. He's got some, he's got a lot to prove. Like, totally noncommittal. And then we saw how they, uh, they used him, took him in and out of the lineup a lot, especially to start the season. Has been a healthy scratch a ton. I thought there's just no way he has a place here in the future of the Philadelphia Flyers. Will he get traded this year? Well, who knows? You know, he's signed through next season. But, like, when this team's good, the, the Mitchkov, as you can see, the mad Russian hey. hoodie makes its, way back to, uh, makes its way back to our set. But, like, that's the timeline in my head of when he arrives, who's going to be here, who's going to be a part of this thing. 
I saw very little chance Morgan Frost was. I have changed my mind. Uh, one, he's the team's best center right now. I just, <laughs> I just told you the ice time. That's crazy. Like he is playing better than Sean Couturier. I yes. think Couturier is going to maybe not get back to what he was prior to the injury. I think he's going to be fine going forward, at least for a few years. I don't think Morgan Frost is a better hockey player than him, but he is playing better than him right now. And he's earning his time out there. And no matter who you put him on the ice with, those players are better. When Cam Atkinson is out on the ice with Morgan Frost, Cam Atkinson looks like he can play still. And the rest of the time, Cam Atkinson, I do not notice. Now, he made some good plays tonight to set up some guys, but it is when he's out there with Morgan Frost. He did. He sprung Frost on the the breakaway that led to the penalty shot. I think he also set up Farabee on a rush. Atkinson's doing some good things, but... Frost has been at another level. You know, last year, I just thought a lot of it was like, okay, yeah, he's putting up points. But you see this chemistry developing between him and Owen Tippett. And it was, Owen Tippett is taking over games and Morgan Frost is getting the assist on a play that Owen Tippett made, you know, to mm-hmm. score the goal. Now, it's almost reverse where, yeah, Tippett, like, he looks good out there. Uh, but Morgan Frost is the guy right now that is just noticeable on most of his shifts. He's making plays. I'm, I'm ecstatic because it's like found money right now. Yeah. I did not think this was going to be the case, and it looks like you have a player on your hands. Is Morgan Frost making other players look better? What a crazy world that we are living in right now. It's it's what a center needs to do with a puck yes. distributor like Morgan Frost. Yes. This is what you need out of him, not just to have, you know, a few points at the end of the night. That's yeah. always good. You, you need your cookies. Uh, you get paid for production. Guys want to put points up. But to control the game the way he has uh, has really been special to see and I'm looking forward to seeing what Morgan Frost's ceiling is now, and we'll talk to Charlie about that as well uh, when he joins us in a little bit. Three guys tonight all had the lead for shots on goals for the Flyers. One of those guys is Morgan Frost, Travis Konechny, and Owen Tippett. I think that is very telling, and being being able to put Frost in that category as well is really dope, too. He's growing before our eyes, and can't wait to see more from him this year, but this is definitely a big, check mark to take off of the list i my my opinion because i wanted to see more from morgan frost and like you mentioned earlier in the year we weren't sure if there was a future for morgan here in philly but he's cementing that i really do think he that, Bill. absolutely is and before we get to uh someone else who really showed out tonight and scott lawton i gotta tell you about factor meal kits yeah. uh we could all probably use a little bit more time yeah it's <laughs> it, you just never have enough downtime to do all the things you want to do and whether it's cooking or shopping for the food cleaning up that all takes away from what you do during the day you know, days like today are a perfect example of what make factor uh, so convenient for me. My wife works the morning through the afternoon and I have the post game. So like we don't have a ton of time together today. We don't want to like spend it doing chores. Factors, delicious, ready to eat meals make eating better every day. Easy. Uh, whatever tomorrow, t- wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared chef crafted and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from including keto calorie smart vegan and veggie and more and there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious 
What are you waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. Telling you about the time-saving, they have the two-minute meals you can fuel up fast with Factors restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat wherever you are. Uh, And it's not just, okay, I have my breakfast, I have my lunch. Listen, you can get the snacks, smoothies, and more. Uh, Discover a wide variety of options for the entire day. Breakfast, midday bites, so many different options for you. You won't get bored with the selections at Factor. And sign up and save. They've done the math for you. Thank God, because that's one of my, eh, something I'm not great at. But Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. So head to factormeals.com slash flyers50 and use code flyers50 to get 50% off. That's that's code FLYERS50 at factormeals.com slash FLYERS50 to get 50% off today. All right, we have to talk about Scott Lawton as well. We've, Lots. we've spent a lot of time talking about his trade value. Yeah. Uh, his play has fallen off significantly throughout this year, especially from the level he was at last year. We have spent a ton of time discussing, like, okay, what's his trade value going to be? What can they get when they eventually trade away Scott Lawton. I think a lot more now. I mean, I know no one's going to Oh Well, two games, he's been great, but he has looked a lot more like himself the last couple of games, uh, playing with the pace that he typically plays with, uh, getting in, uh, using his physicality. And it's not just like throwing big hits, using like using your body to score in a wraparound goal like we see tonight, uh, using some of his speed to spring uh, Travis Konechny for the goal in four-on-four today. It's been really nice to see Scott Lawton, at least for right now, look like he's staging a uh, a comeback campaign yeah. in the final you know, 30 or so games of this season. I am really excited about what we're seeing out of Scott Lawton because as long as he's here, He's going to be in the lineup. He's a contributor. He's helping the team win again. He's not making the constant stupid mistakes he was making that were really dragging him down for a few weeks. And if they are able to trade him at the deadline or perhaps this summer, whatever it might be, you can be confident they're going to get a decent return for him. No one is buying low on this guy now. Right. And that was a real fear. It was like, yeah, we're going to get something, but this is the worst he's looking for seasons. Yeah. You want to talk about raising your value. I think tonight was the way to raise your value. Bill, what's the, one of the important things of going on a Stanley Cup run? It's toughness. What did Scott Lawton show tonight? Toughness. You look at the blo- the block shot in the first period. Oh, where yes. It's knocked in a kneecap. My kneecaps were hurting watching <laughs> Scott Lawton take that ball right to the cap there. He looked like... You see when guys get stung, and yeah. it's like, okay, and then they're back. He was hobbled right. for the rest of that shift. It was like, oh, this might not be good. But then he comes back and plays some really good hockey for the rest of the game. And then let's look at the goal, the wraparound goal. Beauty looking at the wraparound goal, but takes a high stick from Dumba there. And that is why Lots to me, has extreme value. Because right now in these past two games, he's showing you that he's not broken goods. He's still Scott Lawton. And you're going to need some of that toughness, some of that veteran leadership if you want to go on a run. So, listen, if someone really raised their value, it is Scott Law. We talked about it. No one wants to see Scott Law and move, but it is a business, unfortunately. And Scott Law does have some value. And that's the, like, now it's not to me, like, imperative that you move him at the trade deadline. Like, to me, it was, well, his, var- his value is only going down because he sucked so much. Like, the sooner you can trade him, the better. If you are to hold him through the deadline and he's with this team, 
perhaps into a playoff run. Maybe they win a round. Mm. Suddenly it's it's not just, oh, well, you need a guy like that. Like, no, it's he's one of the leaders of this team that went on a playoff run. So if you trade him down the line, perhaps he recoups some of that value. So whatever it is, I'm just really happy with what we're seeing out of Scott Long because it only helps the Flyers. Whether they keep him, whether they trade him, him playing well can only benefit this team. And that's what it's all about. It doesn't help that Paling's also been playing really well. And the guy, another great game here for him too. And so it's been making it tough. I liked what I saw out of uh, Ryan Paling tonight, just using that speed. It's one of those nights where uh, you can see the drop ball. Like he's not going to play the way he has every single night. He's not going to score a shorthanded goal every night. That's hard to do. Uh, But just giving you that extra element in the lineup and just looking at who played and who did it tonight. You know, it's uh, Tyson Forster comes out and you realize, man, I know we we wanted more offense out of Forster this season. The depth in this lineup is not nearly as good when he doesn't play. You know, you have Ollie Lixell come in for him. You go with seven defensemen, even with uh, even without one of your forwards, you uh, with Rasmus versus the line and also out. You just bring in Mark Stahl, go with the seven defensemen. They didn't have a ton up front tonight, mm-hmm. <laughs> and still they're able to score the four goals and come out of it. I think the depth guys like Lawton, like Ryan Paling, stepped up in the second part of this game, and that's what that's what allowed them to finally come back and win this thing. R- real quick, I want to talk about that forward depth for a second there because like we have talked about, and obviously Nick Laurie didn't start here tonight, but when you're going 11-7, and seven, I talked about all LXL or when we were watching the game. I feel like Lexell's a player that I'd rather see more from. So I, I just trying to understand, like, why not see him in the lineup over Nick Delore on a given night? Not obviously not tonight, but on a given night. I, I just it doesn't. I mean, he played he played four thirty six. Didn't play well tonight, and was sure. minus two. Yeah, like that sort of. He's got to endear himself to the coaching staff. That's not going to do it. Yeah, I, I guess it's just really. Uh, you can play as well as you want with the Phantoms. You can tear it up with the Phantoms. If you don't show John Tortorella why you just belong in the lineup, he just ain't going to play you. I was surprised to see him come in tonight rather than Delorier. It's like, oh, well, they get Delorier in. You know, it makes sense. I forgot Lixell was still here. Yeah. <laughs> I just assumed they'd send him down already. And it was like, no, he's still here. So we're going to we're gonna play him. Like, oh, okay, cool. So he's earned a little bit of time, maybe showing something in practice or whatever. And he plays four minutes and 36 seconds for a team that only dressed 11 forwards. That tells you all you really need to know about what the coaching staff thinks of him, at least at this point. He's not doing anything out there to help us. It was unfortunate because earlier when he got called up, it looked like in some of those starts, like he looked like an NHL player. He looked like he might have had something a little bit. I mean, he's still young. He's uh, going to be a bottom of the roster guy. I don't see him ever like playing in the top six or anything like that. But I, I just always want these auditions to go well for guys so that there's never hesitation when there is an injury. Um, especially something major, it's like, all right, well, we'll just go with Delorier for six weeks. Like, or let's go with someone from the Phantoms, like who's had this cup of coffee before and we know can handle themselves. Like, you just want to see these auditions go well. It really hasn't been anything special from, I, I'm, how does JJ say it? Ula Lixell? Ula, Ula, Ula Lixell. Ula Lixell. I'm sure Char- Charlie will tell us. Charlie that. will remind us. Yeah, but it's, uh, it, I'm hoping he gets a little bit more time, but there are other guys in the AHL. I mean, Bobby Brink 
still down there. Looks he was like still down. Yeah, and Samu Tuomala, you got to believe at some point he's going to get a shot up at the big club. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, <laughs> I guess we got to talk about the power play. <laughs> Oh for seven to? tonight. I, one of them was like two seconds long, so I guess that doesn't really count. But like couple oh for seven tonight. I, after when they got the sixth one, I was like, well, they're just due. Like they have to get a power play goal eventually. No, they did not. Seven opportunities, zero goals tonight. I I don't know what they can do to ever fix this power play beyond get more good players, but. It can't be this bad. Arizona is not a great team. Right. I, I, I don't I don't know what don't it's going it. to take to get any sort of consistency out of this power play. They're trying different things. They've bumped Zamula off the power play now. Drysdale's up there. York is getting a shot again. They've mixed guys around. Like you said, Morgan Frost actually stepped in for Sean Couturier at one point on the top unit tonight. That's when I see the chemistry that Drysdale and Frost had right when – uh, right when Drysdale got here, I thought it was mm-hmm. kind of crazy that those two weren't together the last couple games. And today they got back together and it didn't score, but eventually, you know, they get the lead anyway. But I, I don't know if I've ever seen a more anemic power play. It's weird because like, like you said, I mean, it's, it is the Arizona Coyotes here. It, it's one of the, you know, bottom 10 power play killing units in the, in the league. But watching the Flyers in general, not even just on the power play, they struggled in the zone. Like they struggled generating some some offense in the zone from what I saw throughout this game here. And so I think that's kind of part that was part of the issue with the power play. But it it, it was just it was just terrible. And so when you bumped up Morgan Frost, I thought that was good because Morgan had a lot of success of entering the zone. Besides that, I mean, they really had a tough time of trying to create opportunities in that zone. They did. And it was, I think, at five on five as well. When there were rebounds, it was just like, yep, and it's right on a coyote stick. Uh, they just, it seemed a lot of, ob- finally, they got a shot with some traffic, and it was the uh, the Jamie Drysdale goal. It was like, oh, look yeah. what happens when you, yeah. when you actually throw the puck at the nut, and there are other people around to maybe make something happen. Now it's a lucky bounce, but... You have to make the play to get there and throwing it in front with traffic is never a horrible idea. So I just would like to maybe see a little bit more of that on the power play. That's when they were having some success. That's what Zamula was doing. It was like, all right, everyone get in front and I'm putting one out there. Maybe it'll hit something. Maybe the goalie will lose it. You know, yeah. like, Just see, try to generate something. But that's the... If there's going to be one thing that sinks this team down the stretch or even in the playoffs, it's going to be this power play that just can't buy a goal sometimes. Dude, we had like, uh, was it 11 power plays in general for between both teams? <laughs> this, it's actually, I can't believe it's only like 10 20. Right? I <laughs> thought this game was going to be like three hours long. I think the third period was a little faster, but it just seemed like this was going to be a forever game forever game yeah. tonight with all the whistles, all the penalties, penalties negating other power plays. It was just, it was a ref show tonight. I don't even think they were particularly bad. They were just yeah. busy. Yeah. Oh my God. Const- constantly. And then kind of going off topic with this, can we get rid of the TikTok song? The Oh No. That thing. <laughs> like, it just back on Charlie's tweet, by the way. Uh, no, I saw Charlie's tweet. It made me laugh. It just doesn't, to me, like make sense. Not at like, all. Unless it's literally like, oh no, here we go, a power play. Like that should be the song you play when your team takes a penalty. Like, oh no, we took a penalty. Yes. It's- <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's 
on a night like tonight where they get seven power plays is a little much. Like, have an alternate. Have something else you can go to. I, I just... It's a little much. Yeah. I really did not want to listen to that seven times tonight. Something different, um, please, Flyers, please. Let's uh, let's talk a little about Cam Atkinson before Charlie joins us. Cam. Um, benched for the third period on Saturday. Yes. Has not looked good. He's out of the penalty kill rotation right now. Uh, didn't get a shift on the back-to-back first period penalties. Like the Flyers took one and then immediately took another. You would think, all right, well, if he's in the rotation at all, he's going to get out there because they just already killed one. No, he's not. Uh, He's still getting some power play time. It looked like he played pretty well tonight. I I thought better. Like Cam Atkinson, we've seen him struggle. We've seen him take penalties. We've seen him look cooked at points. I did not feel that way tonight. Now, Frost and Farabee. Farabee has been one of the Flyers' best players all season. Uh, Morgan Frost is on a real heater right now. He's looking really, really strong. So perhaps Atkinson's just benefiting from playing with them a considerable amount. But I think it's at least a good sign that they're getting a little bit out of Cam Atkinson at the moment. Yeah, I, I, I listen... It, our Saturday night's game wasn't great. It wasn't a great third period, like you mentioned. So seeing him bounce back was extremely important. And I thought in general, he, he looked really well. Like I thought he did a lot of the little things. We would like to see that goal happen, but it unfortunately didn't happen here. But I like some of the bank passes he had. There was that one yeah. nice one with Joel Farabee. Joel had a nice opportunity on goal. Um, so his vision is still there. He does a really good job of clearing the puck. To be, I saw a lot of opportunities here tonight where he did a good job of clearing the puck from the zone there. But we just need that goal scoring to come because you know Cam Atkinson does have it there. But hopefully you can kind of build on this. But this is kind of what we've been talking about all year long. Like Cam has had these long droughts, and you're just hoping that he kind of snap out of it. But we just don't know what it is that's going to be able to have him snap out of it. But I do think it is a positive that you are seeing some of the little things still there from Cam Atkinson. You still want to see some hard play, especially from a veteran player. But, yeah, we can use a little more offense from him, though. And I'm just, like, looking at this right now. Yes, I guess, like – if you're a traditional rebuilding team, you would maybe look at Cam Atkinson and go like, what is the point of playing him? You, know, you have guys like Bobby Brink who are down in the minor, Sam Tuamala, who we want to get a look at. It's well, why don't we just give these guys a shot? Part of me feels that way. But I also think if this team is going to have a higher ceiling than we thought at the beginning of the season, be, you know, in the playoff race down the stretch and eventually making the playoffs, maybe winning a round, something like that. Cam Atkinson is going to need to be a part of that. And if they can just get something out of him, if it's playing him with Frost and Farabee and just being like, go to the net four check, you know, block some shots up high, whatever it might be. That's better than getting nothing out of him. And uh, let's see if we can get something out of, Philadelphia's number one hockey beat reporter joining us now. It is the one and only Charlie O'Connor. A lot happened tonight, Charlie. Some important stuff we have to get to. So I need to lead with the uh, the most important question. Circling Flyers Twitterverse, everyone is dying to know. What was the appliance you had delivered today? It was a dryer. <laughs> <laughs> it was a Jamie Drysdale. <laughs> You, that was the most ridiculous thing. Like, who cares? Why is this a big deal? 
because Charlie, because this is why this is, this is how important you are to to Flyers oh coverage. You miss one practice in the middle of February, and guess what, bud? We want to know. Maybe you need a dryer uh, delivered all the time, like. Like uh, JP just said, man, Drysdale, dryer. There's something to it. We see. Them, we saw him talking there about NHL.com too, Charlie. <laughs> All right, let's um, let's talk about let's. Uh, we started the show talking about Morgan Frost. Uh, there were players who had more points tonight. There were guys who maybe showed up a little bit bigger on the score sheet. Was there anyone better than Morgan Frost on the ice tonight? Uh, Probably not. I, I thought he was incredible in the second period. I thought the second period he was absolutely dominant. Uh, pretty much every shift he went out there, he took over. Uh, the rest of the game, I thought he was good. Um, he had a really good game. John Tortorell was very, very complimentary of, of Morgan Frost after the game. Basically said that it's the, the best game he's seen him play um, in quite a while. Uh, possibly the best game he's ever seen him play as a flyer. He was really good. And, and honestly, he's been really good for about the last like month, month and a half, really since uh, since that scratching. I think he's responded really well. Has he had some off games in that in that period? Yeah, sure. But the whole team has had off games. I think really since that benching, he's responded about as well as one could one could hope Morgan Frost could respond. And, you know, whether it ends up working out here long term or not, I don't know. But even if it doesn't, at the very least, Morgan Frost is certainly upping his trade value if, if the Flyers ultimately decide that he's not someone they want to be part of this for the long term. Other teams have to be watching him play the way he's been playing recently and thinking, hey, maybe he could be a second line center on my team and maybe he could be a second line center on this Flyers team long term. I guess we'll see. Uh, he's the two C or he's the one C right now, Charlie, <laughs> based on, I mean, based on some ice time tonight, things got thrown out of whack with all the penalties and stuff, but I'm just right. loving what I'm seeing out of Morgan Frost. He's reached a level that I didn't see in him. I do have to ask though, um, can a team allow 23 shots, win the shot battle by 11 and play poorly defensively? Cause man, the breakdowns tonight were ugly. Yeah, they, when they messed up, they messed up big. I think that's really what it boiled down to. The second period in particular, I thought the Flyers forechecked pretty well. But defensively, in the middle of the ice, uh, they gave up a ton of controlled zone entries, a ton of uh, opportunities in transition. And they just weren't that great with their coverages. Obviously, Arison has that one fluky goal go off his back. But there was the one the one goal where uh, Cam York kind of got caught in no man's land. Um, I, I think Owen Tippett maybe messed up the coverage as well, the switch. Uh, so it was just, it was a weird game. I, I, I asked uh, Morgan Frost after the game if all of the penalties played a role in kind of it being such a weird game. And he said, yeah, you know, that, that messes with the flow. But I think the, the key to this game for the Flyers was they go out in the third period. You know, they're, they're, they enter the third period down. They're losing. And they basically decided in the third that, you know what? No, we're going to win this game. And they did. I mean, they went out and they owned the third period. I believe I'm going to check the shot uh, shot differential. It was 12 to 6, but at one point I was 12 to 2 in favor of the Flyers. Like, the Flyers rolled them in the third. Not just from a goal standpoint, but just in terms of quality of play. And, and give the team credit, you know. One thing that, that I, and I think this is probably going to be the focus of my article on the game, is that they won four straight games coming out of the All-Star break. In three of those four games, I don't think they had anything close to a full 60-minute effort. 
you know, they they have two good periods against Florida, one awful period. They have one good period against Winnipeg, two awful periods. The Seattle game was was mostly good. I would say that one they they played pretty well all the way through. And then tonight, I thought, you know, for a lot of the first period and for long stretches of the second period, they were not the better team. Yet they've won. They won all three of those games. And I think that speaks to the fact that this is a pretty good team. And, you know, the team from the first two, three months of the year, let's say two months of the year, they needed to play great in order to win. Now they are winning even when they don't play great. And that's not something I ever expected to see them do. Hey, Charlie, JP over here. I want to talk real quick about the power play. I mean, we had a lot of opportunities to check that out here tonight. ESPN has us with eight opportunities Kind of what was your thoughts on some of these power play opportunities here for the Flyers on the rough night with that unit? Yeah, I, and look, this power play isn't going to be fixed this year. Mm-hmm. It's just not. If it hasn't been fixed yet, it's not going to be fixed. This is just going to be a problem. They can't score. Do they luck into some goals here and there? Yeah. Have they gotten better at entries? Yeah, I think they have. I think they, they get set up easier now than they did in the first you know two, three months of the season. However... They just don't have the kind of talent that can manufacture high, like tons and tons of high danger scoring chances and real quality chances from a cycle, even when they have one, uh, you know, one more guy than the other team. There's a reason why they, they create so much of their offense off the rush. That's when they can, you know, they do legitimately have great rush players. They have Owen Tippett, they have Travis Konechny, they have Joel Farabee, who I think is turning into a really good rush player. Uh, even Ryan Paling is a good rush player. Scott Lawton can be a good rush player. They don't have a lot of guys that can really, you know, just set up shop in one spot and create a ton of scoring chance. They just don't have that kind of puck handling wizard that they need in order to have a great power play. Now, tonight, I thought they created a lot of shots. I thought they created chances. They almost scored in a couple plays. You know, Travis Konecki basically said, I honestly thought the power play was pretty, or no, it was Jamie Drysdale said the game, and he honestly thought the power play was pretty good, despite the fact that they went 0 for 8. They did create. It's just, this is... This is the flaw of this team, and it's going to continue to be the flaw of this team until they add a few more players that have game-breaking skill in the half court, for lack of a better term. They don't have it, and this is just going to keep happening, I think. Charlie, uh, one of the guys who was on that power play unit tonight, and it's kind of surprising to me he's still getting the power play time because you noted on Twitter he's been taken out of the uh, penalty kill rotation. Cam Atkinson benched for the third period on Saturday. I thought he had a decent enough bounce back game tonight, made a few plays uh, with some good passes to Farabee and Frost to send them on some rushes. Where are you with Cam Atkinson right now? Um. Yeah, well, it was it was the Thursday game, I believe, that he was uh, that he was benched for the oh, third, it was right? Thursday, one of them. Sure. Yeah, yeah, and and I thought Saturday, I thought he was okay. But today, he was better than okay. I thought he was noticeable. He uh, he forced some turnovers. Obviously, didn't end up you know scoring a goal, but I thought he did some things. Look, the thing with Cam Atkinson is this: if you're going to have him in your lineup, you kind of have to put him on the power because he's in the lineup to score. Like that is his job now. The thing with the penalty kill, I'm surprised they're pulling him off the penalty kill because he's always been such a good penalty killer for uh, for Bradshaw and John Tortorella, even dating back to his days in Columbus. However, you know, you've got uh, obviously you've got the um, the Lawton TK duo. That's not going anywhere. You've got the Hathaway Paling duo. That's not going anywhere. Now it looks like. Noah Cates and Sean Couturier has become that third forward duo, whereas before it was first it was Cates and Atkinson. Then when Cates got hurt, it became 
Atkinson and Couturier. Now it looks like Atkinson is the one getting pushed out. And quite frankly, his play warrants less minutes. He's not playing that well. That was why he got benched. That was why he got benched in the uh, you know in the third period of the Winnipeg game. You got to keep him on the power play because if he's not on the power play, it's like why is he even here? It's fair to wonder, you know, just how much value he's really providing on the whole. But I, I to me, if you're if you pull him off the power play and you turn him into a five on five only guy, you might as well just scratch him. So I think they're just throwing him out there because they're hoping that he gets going. Hey, Charlie, I want to talk real quick about Olexel. A lot of people forgot that he was on the team when they saw him in the lineup here today. Um, and obviously, he's been a healthy scratch. I'm just curious if you know if there's like any plan for him going forward. Yeah, I got the sense on Saturday it looked like he was going down. Because so okay. what had happened was he was sick like pretty much all of last week, which is why he didn't get sent down originally, I think. That was what happened. Then he got better. He skated on Saturday, but to me, the, the telltale sign was he had his bag in front of his locker in the locker room on Saturday. It was an optional practice. That usually means that a guy's about to go down. What I suspect happened is the plan was probably to send him down. Then Tyson Forrester gets hurt. And now suddenly they have one fewer forward that's available. It seems like Tyson Forrester's injury is relatively minor. Uh, blocked a shot with his foot. My guess is if it was a broken bone in his foot, it wouldn't be a would be characterized by the Flyers as a minor injury, and he might be back by the weekend. However, without Forrester, now you only have 12 forwards. Nick Delorier obviously didn't play today. They went 11-7, but if they want to have the ability to go with 12 forwards, which they have done over the last few few games they've done that before if they want to have that ability you kind of need to keep Lixell if you want to give yourself the option of going 12 forwards in a game I think that's probably what's going on here now obviously Lixell barely played today he took a bad penalty yeah. uh, he was involved he was involved in the uh, the goal the, the slap shot goal from Dumba um, wouldn't quite say that he blew it but he probably could have gotten um, probably could have recognized that pass a little bit quicker back up to the uh, back up to the point. And then he ends up getting, you know, four minutes and 36 seconds of ice time when you go with 11 forwards. So, look, I, I my guess is he'll be up at least as long as Forrester is out. But you never know. Maybe he played poorly enough tonight that they're, they're just going to swap him out for somebody else and or, or send him down and then know for a fact they're going to go 11 seven until uh, until Forrester's back. Charlie, I want to talk a little about the defense. Uh, start with Igor Zamula, just because I thought it was noted, uh, notable he didn't play at all in the third period. Is this an injury, or was he benched? Was this mentioned uh, post game? No, I, I look. I I didn't even notice that he didn't play. So no, it was certainly not asked. It wasn't a top priority. He probably just wasn't playing all that well, and Torts decided to go with a uh, a more clean like six man rotation. You you brought up um, the Forrester injury update. Do you have anything on Risto? Uh, just that it's a you know it's a minor thing. It's not related to okay. uh, the fact that he was sick um, last week, so he missed that one game, the game where everyone lost their minds on social media, particularly Toronto fans. This is an actual injury. They've okay. characterized that as minor as well. The hope is that he'll be back sometime this weekend. But I guess it allows for them to try to get somebody like Mark Stalin, who they do want to, to integrate into the lineup on occasion. They already scratched. They've they scratched Risto once healthy wise. Obviously, he missed the game last week. 
look, he's he's a pretty good player. You'd rather have Risto in the lineup than Mark Stahl, to be sure. But I think they showed today that it's not devastating if he doesn't play. Charlie, uh, you know, our guy, dry guy, the fly guy, he wants to be here. Jamie Drysdale scores a goal tonight, gets the fortunate bounce, but this is what happens when you actually get traffic to the front of the net and put pucks <laughs> in that area. It took them a lot of the game to figure that one out. But uh, I think it was the, I think it was Tortorella's press availability prior to uh, the Saturday game. Maybe it was the morning skate that day. I don't know, days aren't real. Uh, but there was a little <laughs> bit of talk about Jamie Drysdale and just him being a work in progress. Where are you with, uh, with Drysdale right now, and where do you think the coaching staff is with him? I think they know that he's a work in progress. He's still getting used to the adjustments in the defensive zone. Um, definitely still getting used to that, uh, the zone defense versus man-to-man. Um, I also just think that he's integrating on the fly to a new team. Has he been perfect? No. Uh, his underlying numbers since joining the Flyers haven't been great. His plus-minus, which I don't put a ton of stock in, but you know it, it, it is a record of what happened. Uh, it has been pretty poor since he's been on the Flyers. Uh, he clearly is in need of work. I don't think he's going to have the ability really to put in the kind of work that's going to be necessary to turn him into the guy they think he can become until the offseason and then moving into next season when he can go through a full camp with the team and whatnot. But what he showed on that goal he scored tonight was that he's worth putting the time in because the talent is so obvious. I mean, he can skate so well. He was moving through that defense on that goal. I know it was a little fluky because it bounced off a dumb skate, but it doesn't happen if Drysdale doesn't have the mobility that he has. Like, he's an exciting player, and I don't know what he's going to ultimately turn out to be, but you can see the upside. It's so obvious, and it's going to be exciting to see what they can do with him over these next couple of years. Charlie, we saw our old friend Jake Voracek here. Now, I didn't hear the reception, but what was the reception like for his return back to center, kind of? Oh, it, it seemed it seemed positive. Everybody was cheering. Cool. I mean, I think Jake, on the whole, was a very popular player with the Flyers. He had a few very, very vocal haters on Twitter. And I've yeah. said this multiple times that I think the reason why they hated him, people hated him on Twitter is because they were mad that he blocked them. And in my point, it's like, get a life. It's no big deal. You got blocked on Twitter. Like, stop making Twitter out to be your entire life. But... That's why I think some people didn't like him. I think in reality, the vast majority of the fans really liked Jake Voracek. He was an exciting player. He scored uh, a ton of points for this team. He made plays. I, I think Jake's popular. I think Jake is rightfully popular. And I think, you know, I personally loved covering him. He was a blast. I mean, he was a, a quote machine. He was just a, just a funny guy. Everybody in the room loved him. I, I'm, the, I think the thing I'll say is I'm just happy to see him up because – it, it looks like his career is, is being ended due to concussions. And that is what we've heard. Obviously, concussions are scary things. And, you know, I remember hearing the stories about Chris Pronger in the wake of, of his forced retirement where, like, he couldn't even be in the same room with lights on for a while because it was that bad. So I was really happy to see him, you know, in, in a game. He's technically a member of the Arizona Coyotes, so I'm guessing that played into why he was at this particular game. Maybe he got maybe he got the Coyotes to pay for him to uh, to go to this game, to go see his former team and go say hi to his uh, his buddies on the team. But uh, it looks like Voracek's career is over. However, yeah, he got a good re- he got a good reception. He's a popular flyer. I hope he gets to the point where he can play in alumni games and doesn't have to worry about getting injured again because he, he had a great career in Philly. 
Amen, Charlie. He did, and he wasn't the captain, so it was never his fault when they underachieved, Charlie. You know, that's just the way it goes. Uh, I just want to ask. I just want to ask about Travis Sanheim. He had the goal taken away on an offside review. Uh, I thought he handled the puck in the defensive zone like a grenade tonight. <laughs> How have you been like assessing, evaluating? That's the word I'm looking for. Uh, uh, Travis Sanheim recently. I think he's been inconsistent. That's the word that John Tortorella used this morning to describe uh, Travis Sanheim's recent play. He said, look, he doesn't think even with Sanheim's dip, he hasn't been as bad as he was last year. And I think that's true. However, there have been moments recently where you've seen the bad version of Sanheim really pop up. You saw it in that one, uh, the one goal uh, where he crashed into uh, the goalie uh, a few games ago and basically allowed a allowed for a goal. What was that against Boston? I think right before the break, yeah. that was bad. There was a play at the end of the first period tonight where he just got muscled off the puck by someone who is significantly smaller than him and it was like oh yeah that's that that's the travis sanheim that people on twitter complain about but i still think he's been pretty good i don't think he's been terrible there's clearly been a dip but i i don't think it's been like he's fallen off a cliff to the point where he's like actively hurting the flyers i think he's been okay it's just that we got to see him be great for the first two two and a half months of the year and you want to see that every night he needs to work to get back there charlie i just have to compliment your outstanding work with the microphone tonight uh very very well done this is the last one for me have you ever seen the 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 rule quirk we got tonight a delayed penalty high stick double minor that is still just a two minute minor after the goal is scored uh, because it was a double. I've just never seen that. I thought it was interesting. Yeah, I've never seen that either. Okay. Uh, it makes sense. Like yeah. it, it makes sense that that would be the rule. But no, I've never seen a uh, a double minor penalty then get knocked down to a minor penalty because of a of a delayed of a of a goal score of a delayed penalty. It was interesting. It's just another another thing you learn about hockey. <laughs> it's a it's a never-ending process. And without any further ado, let's get to Charlie O'Connor's three stars of the game leading off with star number three. Star number three, I will go with Morgan Frost. I think Morgan Frost was a really good player for the Flyers today. Obviously scores on the penalty shot. I thought was dominant in the uh, in the second period in particular, a period where I thought the Flyers as a whole struggled. Every time Frost was on the ice, he was making something happen. Uh, he had a really good game. He's been playing well on the whole for the past month or so, uh, but this was a very noticeable game for Morgan Frost. I'm glad he got rewarded uh, with the penalty shot and, and getting a goal there, but he could have finished with three or four points in this game, to be honest. And it's Arizona, so you kind of expected four points, really. Um, I, do true. you think we ever see, with that patience he showed on the penalty shot, you think we ever see him pull the Kuznetsov, where he basically just crawls into the zone? Well, it was funny. He uh, We interviewed him after the game, and he started to explain his thought process behind that particular play and then he stopped himself and said i'm not going to give it away so uh so there's clearly there's clearly a thinking behind doing that but he's not going to reveal his secrets let's go to charlie's star number two star number two i will go with uh travis connecty three points tonight a goal two assists i thought he was just travis connecty you know and there it might sound like i'm minimizing his contribution by saying it was just travis connecty but in my mind we have come to expect 
this level of play from Travis Konechny. He has played this well for long enough that we can expect him to play really well, especially against a team like Arizona that maybe doesn't have the kind of high-end guys that could shut down a Travis Konechny. I, I think he just had a, a classic Travis Konechny game, and it's great to see him kind of getting back going because he was a guy who I thought during that five-game losing streak heading into the break was having his first extended period of struggles this season. Since the break, he's looked like Travis Konechny again. So he is my second star. Now I am intrigued to see who you have at star number one. Star number one? I think this is a second straight game. Scott Lawton. Uh, Scott Lawton, first star, you know, gets the gets what essentially is the game-winning goal, uh, breaks the uh, the 3-3 tie midway through the third period. I just thought he is again looking like Scott Lawton. You know, he sets up the Konechny goal uh, with a really nice play, both in the neutral zone and then a great pass over to Konechny. He's just playing like himself again. And we interviewed him after the game and Lawton said, look, I think the biggest thing is since the break, I'm just not thinking as much. I'm just going out there and playing. I definitely because I had a couple people ask me um, just over DMs, like other writers of other teams, because obviously Lawton's popping up in trade rumors. Like, what's up with Scott Lawton? Why is he struggling? Why do his numbers look so bad? And my answer was, look, I don't think he's fallen off a cliff. I think he's just having one of those down years. And I think the reason is that he's trapped in his own head. And Lawton more or less admitted today that he thinks the reason is that he was trapped in his own head. And now he's just letting the game come to him rather than spending all of his time on the ice trying to make up for what happened the previous shift or a mistake he made or a penalty he took. He just looks like Scott Lawton again. And I don't know if it's going to result in him sticking around as a flyer. It very well could end up just mean that his trade value goes up and they have a better chance of getting the first round pick that apparently they're holding out for for Scott Lawton but from Scott Lawton's perspective Lawton is trying to convince the Flyers that he should be part of this long term because he doesn't want to get traded and these last two games he's looked like the kind of guy that could give you know could give Keith Jones and Danny Briere and John Tortorella pause of you know can we afford at least during a playoff run where we're battling for a playoff spot can we afford to trade away a guy who is the only guy on the team with a letter and is beloved in that room you know do we do we have to do it now or can we wait until the offseason or can we just not do it ever i don't know but i can tell you over the last two games scott lawton has looked like scott lawton again and it's been cool to see it absolutely has and that's what i was saying to jp like whether it's Trading Scott Lawton now in the offseason or just keeping him for this run, whatever it is, it helps the Flyers. Him playing well makes the Flyers better, and that makes me happy, Charlie. All right, uh, I think that's all we have for you. Was there anything funny said in the postgame? Uh, not really. I mean, John Tortorella continues to refuse to answer Anthony Sanfilippo's questions. That was probably the only huh. uh, thing of note. Um, but beyond that, nah, it was it's pretty straightforward, I would say. Nothing nothing too crazy on the tour <laughs> just side. A, just a regular day covering John Tortorella. All right, Charlie, I will uh, see you tomorrow. I believe our show is live at 3.30. I will see you then, my friend. See you, Charlie. Sound, sounds good. Thanks, guys. All right, that was Charlie O'Connor. He is Philadelphia's number one hockey beat reporter. He's at every game live, well, all the home games and some of the away games. He gets to check out live. Maybe you want to check out this team live. The best way to do it, it's with game time. And right now, man, it's it's pretty good. You know what Saturday is. It's the stadium series. 
You have no idea what, like, oh, yeah, it's at MetLife. I don't know. The place has 80,000 seats. I have no idea if I have good seats or not. That's one of the many reasons, if you're still thinking about going to the uh, Stadium Series game on Saturday, you should do it with game time. First of all, you know, as it says right there on the screen, $20 off with code PHLY. But one of the many great features of game time it's the seat view. You know exactly what you're going to be looking at before you get there. There have been plenty of times I uh, have bought some seats and been like, oh, not exactly what I was looking for. There was one time in particular, it was a uh, it was a Phil's game, and it was Cole Hamels versus Johan Santana. Ooh. And I was like, all right, well, this was like 07, 08. So it's like a major matchup. Oh, yeah. My seat was positioned exactly behind the foul pole to the point that I could not see the pitcher's mound. Uh, like I was there to see this pitching matchup and it was, and guess what you're not going to see them throw the ball. Uh, that kind of stuff. It will never happen to you with game time buying because buying tickets to your favorite event shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun. You'll have game time is the place for last minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets, right up to the day of the event get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football basketball baseball concerts comedy theater and more and the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section in a row for less game time will credit you 110 percent of the difference so stag the tickets without the stress of game time download the game time app create an account and use code phly for 20 dollars off your first purchase Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHLY for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. Uh, I'm looking forward to talking to Charlie about some different things uh, on tomorrow's show. I didn't, I was like, ah, oh, I want to get his take on the Morgan Riley situation, but like post game, we can do all that tomorrow. Yeah. Interesting to hear the, uh, <clears throat> the updates on Forster and Ristolainen. It's my, the, the tweets were like, oh, it's minor. And, I believe that when I see them back in the lineup, because that's just that's just what the Flyers have earned at this point. There's nothing better than a hockey injury report. <laughs> there really isn't. I will say, like, if they're at all serious about shopping Rasmus Ristolainen, you probably don't want to attach injuries to why he's out of the. Right. I, I guess injury would be a better reason than like we're just not playing him. But he's. It's not like they're going to healthy scratch him a ton. Right. Uh, he makes a pretty significant amount of money, and he hasn't been bad. So I am choosing to believe that these injuries are minor right now, yeah. uh, and he'll be back in the lineup probably this weekend. Yeah, well, well you know, according to what we heard from Charlie, Forrester should be back by the weekend, which is big as well. We want to see more from Forrester. You know, Risto's interesting because obviously he's been playing a lot better, especially since Torts has been his coach. But with that contract we talked about, it'll be tricky. And Risto's kind of a guy I do kind of want to see here. So I still want to see him develop here. I don't know what the future holds him in the orange and black, but uh, it, it, it's it's fun seeing his physicality out there, and he's developed his offensive game too. Now these minor these injuries for Forster and uh, and Risto they're minor, they're small. You know what isn't small? The bagels at Bagels and <laughs> Company. 
<laughs> just thought of that right now. I'm pretty happy with myself. Uh, <laughs> for the absolute best Brooklyn-style bagels made right here with Philly love, you got to go to Bagels & Company. The first thing you got to know to know about them, like I just said, it's the huge bagels, hence the Brooklyn-style name, and the large variety of these gigantic bagels, 15 to 20 different types to choose from daily, seasonal bagels, all sorts of different things. So you got to check that out. I've mentioned many times now the Dorito bagel. I might have to get my hands on that just to give it Hell a try yeah. pretty soon. And when you have this many bagels, you need a lot of cream cheese. Bagels & Co. has 30 different flavors of cream cheese to choose from on a daily basis. They have, uh, they've had Eagles cream cheese. You know, they go with the green. They go on with Sixers, Phillies, all different types of sports promotions. So whatever the occasion, they will have a bagel and cream cheese for your party tray. And the most important thing, it's an affordable brand. You get a lot of food for cheap. And who doesn't need cheap with, uh, you know, inflation and all that other stuff I don't understand. So <laughs> For the best Brooklyn-style bagels made right here in Philly, head to thebagelsandco.com slash store-locator to find the closest bagels and company near you. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm just saying, do we have anything else to talk about tonight? I think we basically covered it. Sanheim and Drysdale uh, was something I was interested in talking about. Charlie didn't even notice Eve Gorzamula didn't play in the third period, which I go. found. I mean, I didn't notice he wasn't out there. It wasn't until after I checked the box score. I was like, oh, he played six minutes tonight? Like, I think that's what he ended up with was... Uh, Yes, yeah, six minutes and 13 seconds. So he was the odd man out tonight. It's been Mark Stoll a lot this season. Right. But his play has dipped lately. He hasn't been all that consistent. They're finding out about Igor Zamula. They might not like the answer, but a year like this year is for finding out. And he just hasn't been as good lately. Yeah, I mean, he obviously had that spurt a little while ago. He had, remember that that no-look goal? That, kind yeah. of, that, was, that was interesting, too. But... It's a young player. We talked a lot about these young players hitting these walls. I want to. I want to expect that that's kind of what's going on here with Zamul. He's kind of hitting that wall. But we're gonna have some t more time here to kind of see. But I. I think you're right. We may be seeing kind of what Zamula is. One thing I will. I wanted to point out too here, Bill. Uh, we didn't ask Charlie, but did the Squirtle Sack song make another appearance? Oh, uh, I gotta believe it did. Right. Uh, I mean, they've, been, song they've been they've been rolling with it pretty hard. Right. Uh, so I I gotta believe it did. But maybe we'll I'll ask him about that on uh, tomorrow's show. We will be back right here live at three thirty p.m. Make sure you are subscribed to our YouTube page and have reminders set so you never miss a live show. Yeah. Look at that. Oh, look at that animation and everything so yeah the moving on up the look of this show has improved dramatically since Brenna has become our yeah producer. we gotta give so props to our producer outstanding Brenna. work behind the glass there's no actual glass here <laughs> it's an empty space 
but and no one else can see that. Uh, so, so outstanding work where the glass uh, should be. Uh, <laughs> that's basically all the time we have for you. Like I said, subscribe to the YouTube. Follow us on Twitter at PHLY underscore Flyers. PHLY Flyers wherever there are podcasts. Uh, for Charlie O'Connor, for J.P. Zapata, my name is Bill Matz. Have a great week, Philly. See you later, Phil. <laughs> 